Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the second mini-sode advice segment. We have none other than Shannon of Fluently Forward joining me today. How are you today, Shannon? Just chilling, just hanging out, excited to talk to you. We have so many good submissions this week and like every week they just keep getting more juicy, more elaborate, more thorough than ever. And as soon as you and I reposted the link to this Google form to like put it out to the masses, if you have a question, if you have a quandary, please reach out to us. We'll help you resolve any issue you're having in your life. We got a flood of like really, really good ones. So right before the call, I was like, Shin, like of these like five or six, which one do you like? So these are carefully crafted by both Shannon and I as like how we want to answer these three questions. I'm, I'm very excited to talk with you about these. I think we have a good mix between like both professional kind of like just like goal ambitions for like a person who's interested in being a content creator. And we also have a bit of like relationship, juicy gossip, you know, type questions. So my question to you before we get started is, how do you feel being asked like relationship questions? Do you feel like a lot of your friends will go to you for like, hey, Shannon, I have a question about this relationship, about dating. Like, do you feel like you're typically like the go-to gal when people have questions like this in your oh personal God. life? I've never thought about that, but I guess I am. But I, I feel like my friends and I ask each other like everything, dude, like from like discharge to work to relationships. So like, am I the relationship guru? No, I think me and my friends just like tell each other everything <laughs> and relationships come up. No, I, I feel the same way. It's like, well, we have no filter in every single like event that goes on in my life. I will be relaying it to each one of my close friends, whether or not you like it or not. Dude, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited because I feel like it's, I, I feel too that when I have not just me offering advice, I feel like we give a pretty diverse perspective because who's to say you and I didn't talk about how we're going to respond to these questions ahead of me pressing record. So I'm really curious to see how, whether or not we'll have similar, similar takes on these three questions. It would be fun if we disagree. Yeah, I find that it's kind of – it's always a good episode if you do disagree because uh, Tori and I recorded the first mini-sode segment uh, last week and her and I had quite – like we had similar approaches for two of the questions, but for the last question, we kind of diverted on our responses. So I'm excited to see where this will take us. I like it. Um, so let's get started with the first question. And if you guys are interested in submitting a question – go to the link tree in my Instagram bio. You can also go to the episode show notes description where you can find the Google form. You can choose to remain anonymous, totally up to you. Some of these are anonymous, some of these are not. So let's get started. From Christina, she says, I want to start a podcast, but I am nervous. I've been thinking about it for over a year. I would love your advice for taking the plunge. Shannon, I'll let you take this one first what are your advice for people I guess do you get a lot of questions in your dms about hey I'm interested in starting my own content I want to be a youtube vlogger I want to be a podcaster like do you get a lot of those questions because I know I do I think I do but I, I recently bought this app that like keeps me off instagram during the day so I haven't looked at my dms for a while which is why I've been feeling so good That's but smart yeah it's if I my main advice is um it's there's a couple different things I would have to say here. The very first one is make sure that it's episodes that you like. Like don't I there's so many people out there who look at what's trending and what could make for a good topic or what most people seem to be interested in and then they make content around that and they always burn out and they feel miserable. 
And I just think there was a moment where I went through that with the podcast too, where I was like, every single episode has to be a TV show or a movie about celebrities because I don't want to like tread on beyond the blinds by doing celebrity celebrities. And I don't want to piss people off by like talking about conspiracy theories. And then finally, I just threw my hands up and I was like, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And that was when people said, oh, it's starting to feel more like it did at the beginning, which is why I liked it. So people are going to tell if you care about the content. So the very first piece of advice I have is like make it something whatever you look up on your own do that because like we're already bored as shit with our nine to five nobody dreams about excel but whatever you like rabbit hole internet on late at night and you can't stop talking about make that your podcast that's such refreshing advice and I kind of also needed to hear it myself because I'm kind of teetering on this point in my show where I've done this for a little over a year now and the beginning of the show was primarily focused on deep dives on celebrities and going from like inception of who they were from like their upbringing, how they got into the business, crazy rumors, and like what they're up to now. And I found that like, sometimes it's a bit daunting for me to have to do because there's a lot of research that goes into those formats of shows. And I'm doing a show that I'm releasing next week on the Pretty Little Liars cast. And it's Mm -hmm. taking me so much effort to do all that research right now. And it's, and not to say that it's not enjoyable, it definitely is. But it like, Last week, I did an episode with Tori from Ready to Be Petty about just like fun celebrity feuds. And that didn't require a ton of research. It was just fun to do a banter and organic conversation like I would be having with a friend. And I found that it doesn't like any show that I do, whether it's a deep dive or something else, gets equally the same amount of listens. Like generally, I think that when you're tuning into a podcast, you're not, once you get into a groove with the specific podcaster that you enjoy, you're going to show up for their content no matter what. Like even though I don't listen, even though I don't watch The Office or like Parks and Rec, I'll still tune in to your episodes about those shows because I just mm-hmm. genuinely like hearing what you have to say. And I think it doesn't matter whether or not like I'm super into that specific celebrity. It's because I just enjoy Shannon. It's not because I enjoy Parks and Rec or The Office. So I think like you said to echo that, it's about what makes you excited because if you speak about it in a thought-provoking way, in a way that people can feel that excitement on the other end of their AirPods. Like I can tell if you're just saying it just to say it and to put out content versus if you're actually truly passionate about it and that'll come organically. So I think it's a great point that you have about not just feeling like you need to subscribe to a certain format because that's people aren't going to show up for that at the end of the the day. They're going to show up for what you're excited to talk about. Yeah. And also like in terms of not sticking to the format, my first couple episodes, I think were like 20 minutes long each you don't have to, just because everybody does an hour long podcast, do a 10 minute podcast, do a 15 minute one, do a 12 minute one. Just, um, it doesn't always have to be an hour. Just throw stuff that sticks at the wall. If you want to do three in the time span of a month and you want to release it every 17 days and it's only 10 minutes long, who's to say you can't do that? As long as it's manageable, just do whatever is easiest for you. Yeah. And it's, and I don't want to sugarcoat it either to this listener and submitter, Christina, it is a lot of work. Like you do have to teach yourself how to do basic things that they don't teach you in school, like posting a podcast on a hosting platform, being able to do basic editing skills, whether it's like using Audacity or GarageBand or whatever, whatever your editing tool is of choice. Like you have to do these little things. You have to self-teach yourself because none of us knew how to do this before we just had to force ourselves to do it. And more often than not, if you're a small independent podcast, you're not just sending the audio over to like a podcast network to do it for you. You really have to take, put in the effort to make sure you're willing and able to do these things on your own and just be like a little bit more self-sufficient than you otherwise would normally be. 
Yeah, I would also use um my my first platform I got started with was Anchor, and it's free. It's hosted by Spotify, and you can upload it anywhere. But like they always upload it on Spotify first, and then they put it everywhere else. And they have a great like how to easy step guide like their what do you call it um ux like their user experience is super easy so if you don't know where to get started check out anchor yeah i use buzzsprout and they have something similar there is a fee though to, to host on buzzsprout but similar to anchor they do you know it just depends on like you know do your research but yeah usually the hosting platform they'll have like a good 101 like hey how step by step very stupid simple dummies guide to how to do basic things for a podcast um Shannon, anything else on that topic? Mm, well, the benefit is that you get to look as ugly as shit as you want to when you podcast. So that's great. If you're thinking about like content creation, honestly, podcasting is nice because like I used to do vlogs and after every vlog, I think I've privated almost all of them, I would edit them and I would be like, I need surgery on every part of myself. So podcasting, at least like only your voice pisses you off. I know you were so cute when I was messaging you today about like coordinating this. You're like, well, if we have to be on video, can we do it on this day? Because my hair will be in a better state of, you know, shape and state of mind. I was like, no, no worries. There was no video. (laughs) Dude, because some people, they don't tell you if they're going to upload the video and all of a sudden you're on Instagram and your ugly face pops up and you're like, okay, you didn't tell me this was going to be used for clips. (laughs) It's a jump scare to see your face. Like when I was on Ryan Ryan Bailey's show, he's like, we're going to upload this to YouTube. I'm like, sorry, come again. Exactly. Say that one more time. I was like, no, no, I actually ask you to not do this because I look like a bridge troll to not do that. <laughs> That's exactly how it feels. You're like, excuse me? Like, what? <laughs> Unconsensual. Did you, question for you, I guess, on the same thread, like, because I know you had done a couple, like, you were in the entertainment space and, like, doing blogs. Did you kind of always see yourself, how did your progression to podcasting become a thing? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, st- I was blogging for years and I would make YouTube vlog videos. And then I was on TikTok, obviously. And then people asked for a podcast. So I've I've done it all. And try your hand at all of it because like some things take off quicker than others. I'd say blogging is a lot harder to take off on now. And TikTok is probably the easiest to go viral on. But I mean, try your hand at everything. YouTube, you make the most money on, but it's harder to go viral. And on TikTok, you can go viral, but you don't make any money. And for yeah. podcasting, you don't have to show your face, but it's harder to get listeners because you can't draw them in with you know a thumbnail of your tits or something. So everything has its own ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like it was one of those things where the idea of doing like a YouTube was just like far very daunting to me to like learn how to video edit and put my face and like have my face be like camera ready all the time podcasting was like the best creative outlet for me just because I know that I'm confident with what I have to say and like not being able to show my face is certainly a great bonus same dude I like it (laughs) (laughs) all right let's go to the next one the next couple the next two are a little bit meatier so everyone just buckle up but they're they're quite intriguing so this submitter says Anon, please. First of all, love your pod. Obsessed with your Insta. Manifesting major fame for you in 2023. Thank you so much. I need advice. One of my close friends has changed so much since dating her fiance. When they started dating, she asked if we could include him in our friend group because he has very few friends. He's a little annoying, but overall nice guy. Now that we've started to include him, it's impossible to get together without him. She won't even hang out with the girls unless he can tag along. They argue constantly and have caused multiple scenes in public. I've started to make excuses to avoid being in public with them because I can't take the embarrassment. 
It seems like anyone who says something about it gets cut off, and we've all noticed this mean streak in her since they've been together. He's got his issues too, and definitely instigates some of the arguing. We've caught her in multiple lies slash embellishments about their relationship. She's so focused on appearing to be the perfect happy couple. I have a pit in my stomach watching this all happen. I realize a lot of this toxicity is on her, but I feel like a horrible friend for holding my tongue. I hate getting involved in other people's relationships, and I wouldn't even consider it except she's one of my closest friends. I feel like if I say something, I'll be next on the chopping block, and it will ripple through our friend group. If you have any advice on how to navigate, I'd appreciate it so much. (sighs) Wolf. Shannon, you take this one first. God, so many things. I mean, first of all, we've all been there, and there's nothing like the – unique pain of like watching your friend be in a toxic codependent relationship and my advice is always that if your friend is in a toxic relationship and I actually wrote a blog post about this so when Chris link it to me and I'll put in the show notes I'll I'll send it but my my advice in that blog post was basically it sucks but you can't say anything to your friend because what will happen to you is the same thing that happened to the other friends where your friend after you bring something up she's just slowly going to stop talking to you and not telling you details about the boyfriend at all. And she's going to keep to herself and get even closer to him. But there is one thing you can do, and that is um, be a little historian. So without her realizing that you're doing it privately, like maybe in your notes app, keep a list of all the things they fight about and when it happens and what was said. And then the next time she's in a fight, don't ever say anything bad about the boyfriend. Just reference another point in time. So when she's like, oh my God, Jason like yelled at me for like wearing this outfit. He said it was too slutty. Just be like, oh yeah, like didn't didn't he also do that like back um, during Halloween when we were going out, blah, blah, blah. And then she might be like, oh my God, what? Like you think he's controlling? And you say, no, no, like not at all. Like I, I don't know him. I just remember you you felt similarly like a couple months ago. And all you are supposed to do as the friend is don't say anything bad about him, but just reference similar times that things have happened. So that way you're helping her put the pieces together and then just let there be silence. Don't ever say a bad word about him. Don't ever like agree if she's shitting on him. It's like this really hard but effective technique. And like my therapist did it to me once where like she acted like my boyfriend was great. And then she would reference, you know, similar things he'd done in the past. And I had to be the one to convince my therapist, like, actually, he's a piece of shit. And that's what you want your girlfriend to do. But you can only have her get there on her own. And it's like so painful. That is actually such good advice. I didn't even think I think there's a lot of layers to what you said. First, I think what you said about being a historian, I really like that. Because if I think of like, Imagine you have like a really um, abusive like boss at work and they are like tearing you down and they're screaming and cussing at you at work. What they, what do they always say, right? When you're going through something at work, just document, document, document. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily open your, like, like hold your tongue. Don't speak back. Just, you know, just nod in agreement and write it down. Because if you have a list, you have a source of truth and things that are just factual in nature that are not even emotion, emotion space. I, I love that. I think that's such a good tool. I think another thing that you said about her being on the chopping block, like you're kind of putting yourself at risk if you do say something. I completely agree with that because ultimately, no matter how hard it is to hear a friendship that you have with like your best girlfriend and the relationship that she has with her significant other, in this case, it's a boyfriend. It's always that's all that relationship with her boyfriend is going to take precedence over your friendship. And I'm sorry. It's the hard truth. Uh, And there's been plenty of times when I didn't necessarily care for my friend's boyfriends for 
whether the reason was like entirely legitimate or not, there's been plenty of times that that has happened for me. And I think no matter what, you have to tread incredibly lightly with how you speak about their boyfriend to them because they're always going to want to see the better side. They're never going to be as objective as you are. And even though he is a piece of shit, it sounds like he's kind of a little bit of a loner, someone who doesn't get along well with others. I think that speaks to him not even having that many friends, as you, as you said up top. You kind of just, like Shannon said, allow her to see it first because otherwise she'll start resenting you for making those comments and then it's going to sever your your friendship. It's This is hard, right? Because I think it's like the conversation and my advice would be different if he were like emotionally and or physically abusive. I think if you see something that's like egregiously wrong, can I say a hot take like even if they're abusive like I still think that the abusive relationships are so toxic and mind twisting and fucking like and even in some of the worst most abusive relationships I've been in like Jesus himself could have appeared from the heavens and told me to leave the relationship and I would have been like no so like it's it's hard. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's no right answer. It's just so hard. And I remember my therapist once said, like, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? And like, if you tell her that he's a piece of shit, you're totally correct. He is. But is that going to be effective? Probably not. Um, if anything, you kind of have to get a little bit like manipulative with it. Like if like this would be, for example, if you don't want the boyfriend to come around, you could tell her like, hey, look, like I'm just feeling kind of bad about me being single. Do you think we could do a girl's night? Maybe you're happy to be single and you don't give a fuck, but lying about it. So then that way she shows up on her own. Like, yeah, it's going to be embarrassing, but maybe just do that. Or if she sucks as a friend, dude, cut her off. But if you like her, then like try to do these things. It's just hard, dude. Like there's no really shortcut out of it. It's, I, I like the white, the, the white lie of it all. You don't need to be, maybe you, you don't give a shit if you're out with like the boyfriend but like if it means just kind of creating a space safe space for you and not wanting drama surrounding you and all you want to do is have a good night then yeah make up the white lie I think it's also important to to call out that like how many times if I'm trying to like take a step back and think about scenarios in which I was in like a toxic situationship with a guy like how many people <laughs> of my would tell me this guy is absolute trash like he's a horrible person and to me I was like I don't know what you're fucking talking about <laughs> man like I was you literally you could literally kill the baby on the street okay and I was like no 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 there was a reason for that you know like the the cognitive dissonance that my mind would create no everyone could tell you 20 times again that this person is not a good fit either they're not a good person or they're just simply not a good fit for you you have to come to that decision on your own so to Shannon's first point if you tell her that it's not going to be effective because she only hears what she wants to hear because she's in love with this man, it sounds like. Wait, you know what she could do, Christy? Like, you know all of those lists of icks that people have? You could have, like, yourself a little scavenger hunt where you try to make her boyfriend do all the icks. So, like, play ping pong together so that way he has to run after a ping pong ball. And, like, give him <laughs> a gift card so that way he has to spend the <laughs> gift card in front of her. And, like, have like all go out dancing so that way she has to see his, him have no lack of rhythm. And then slowly you could manipulate her into not liking him anymore because you just made him do like 20 icks over the course of 24 hours oh my god no I'm literally okay it's so funny bring up the gift card because this is a constant like (laughs) would you rather for me my friends I'm like imagine you're on a date with a guy this is to you Shannon (laughs) 
imagine this is going to take a quick left turn. Imagine if you're on a date with a guy. It's he's so handsome. He's like twelve out of ten. Mm. He's tall. He's six four. Dark hair. Dark eyes. Thick eyebrows. He's a gentleman. He works <laughs> in finance. He makes a shit ton of money. He has a penthouse. Uh, fucking West Village. Okay. Ooh. And then at the end of the dinner, he's like, you know, I've had a really lovely time. I'd love to take you back to my house for after dinner drinks. And you're like, yeah, my body is ready. I'm ready to get down with this guy. Fuck and then yeah. he pulls out a gift card. No, I'd still do it because I'm a frugal bitch. I'd be like, that means that one day we're going to go to Costco for our little rugrats together. And, you know, you're going to get me a nice lab-grown diamond that's cheaper but more sensible. I would get fucking turned on by that. I'm weird. No. Oh, my God. I'm I'm like, no, no, no. It's over. Like, no, what if you pull if you pulled out three different gift cards and was like, take a little bit off of this one and then off of that one, then I would dry up and go home. <laughs> yeah, just sixteen dollars on this one. I still have about twenty dollars on this one. <laughs> like, something about frugality. No, like there's a difference between frugality and cheapness. Something about cheapness and a date. Nothing makes me less turned on than that. That you know what? That's the difference. Cause like paying for it with a gift card, I'm like, that's a turn on. But if he was like Mm, if you like tried to haggle or something, I would be like, oh <laughs> God, like, you know, like, oh, could we actually, if we get two of this and if I don't have the almonds on it, can you knock the $2 off? I would oh be like, oh. <laughs> no, I'm going to start adding that to this, which you'd rather, what if he starts haggling it? It's like, hey, the wine wasn't good. Do you think, mind if we can get maybe like a 30% discount on this? Yes. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. Dry. Disgusting. Well, good luck to you, Anon. I it sounds like you're a really sweet person, and you're looking out for your friend, and you know, in a really empathetic and meaningful way. But I think, like Shannon said, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? And I think in this case, your friend's going to have to figure it out for herself. And I wish her well. I hope she's as smart as you and walks yeah. away from this kind of like weird guy. Yeah, you're a good friend. You are. All right. Last but not least, this person is anonymous. And I love that they put their age because sometimes I need to understand the age demographic because that, the answer will vary depending on the age. So this person did include their age. How do you essentially end a friendship when nothing bad has happened between you guys? I just don't feel the same vibe anymore and I keep turning down advances to hang out and it's making me feel like a bitch. Nothing explosive happened and I don't have any animosity towards her, but I'm having trouble setting boundaries without, without, without feeling horrible. She's a great person. I just don't think we vibe well together anymore, but we see each other weekly for school. Please help, LOL. Lying about being busy has been working, but I just feel horrible. We're just not compatible as friends. We're 24 and 25 in age, if that helps at all. All right, Shannon, what are your initial thoughts? God, we've all been here before. And it's also like you feel bad, but don't feel too bad because like this person does sound a little bit socially unaware if, you know, you keep declining all of their offers to hang out. Like there, it is a, supposed to be a little bit of a two-way street. My advice would be, if you like her enough, you just like don't want to be her friend. I don't know if you do like a group thing once every two months, you could invite her. So that way you don't feel like a bitch, but like, you know, you invited her to something, but you actually don't have to talk to her. Otherwise I would say just keep saying that you're busy and ghosting. Like she'll have to eventually pick up on it. Like I, I need to know some more of the details. Like I don't know. What is she asking you to do? How many times have you declined? Are you? Can, do you have different types of excuses that you can give? Um, I wouldn't give an excuse every time. Like I, if she invited me to something, I would maybe just not respond at one point. And then if she double texts, you could be like, oh, shit, sorry. I thought I responded. Usually when I get a couple of those, I'm like, oh, this person doesn't want me in their life. <laughs> yeah, so I have – an, a kind of a different approach. Yes, so we actually, disagree. <laughs> yes, I'm actually okay. So I think it completely depends. 
I think there's two reasons why you don't feel like you're vibing with a friend. I think the first is that you simply feel like you've outgrown the person and you just don't really have that much fun with them anymore. And I think that could be attributable to a lot of things. Like, for example, a lot of my friends, now that I live in Southern California, a lot of them are married with children. And the activities that we once did when we were single and younger are vastly different now that they have kids, right? Um, And sometimes it's like not a, a testament at all to like how I feel about them. It's more just like, the things that we used to do don't really apply anymore. That means we just see each other less frequently. And like, if you want to do like, I don't really want to go to like a baby shower, maybe like, maybe that's just not my vibe. That's one thing. Then there's the other thing where it's like, this person is actually actively making you feel like shit. And like, that's an entire, like I had a friend who I met when I first moved to San Francisco and we were like thick as thieves and did everything together my first year of living in SF. And as years went on, I always felt like insecure around her. I always felt like I was never like pretty enough, never funny enough. I'm always like a very social person. I'll make friends with anyone. I'll talk to anyone. But I always felt when I was around her, I'm like, I can't be my like shining star, funny, cool, extroverted self. I always felt like I was like a shell of myself. And I didn't know where that came from. And I was like, every time I'm with her, like, I just feel like shit. Like, what is going on? So like, at that point, and I remember it basically hit like a pinnacle or like a peak Uh, A couple years ago, I spent time with her. I visited her when she was living in another city. And I felt completely like, what's the word? Like exiled. Like the entire time I was visiting her, I spent all this money to see her. She just wanted to hang out with like all of her other friends in like her cool new city. Oh, I want to meet up with this person. I want to meet up with this person. And I was like, dude, I'm here. Can we just like chill and have dinner and like watch a movie? I don't want to like go out and be crazy every night. One night's fine. But I, I just, again, it has that consistent feeling of like, I'm not good enough. And that's when I was like, okay. This friendship is not serving me anymore. I feel like shit about myself. And she may not even be doing it intentionally, but I like consciously took a second to step away. And that's what I like kind of, I just kind of ghosted her a bit. Um, I think that's a scenario when it's appropriate if it's kind of doing a damage on your psyche. I think if it's like what I talked about before, you could kind of just edge off of that. But if it's like something, someone did you like actually like really wrong, Maybe be a bit more, I actually, if I could take it back, I'm kind of going in 5 million directions. If I could take it back with that friend who made me feel like shit, I kind of wish I had said something Mm. and said like, hey, for whatever reason, I just don't feel like good when I'm around you. I kind of want to just take a step back for a bit. And I didn't do that. And to this day, she might still be curious as to why I don't really talk to her anymore. And I kind of. Dude, send her this episode. Be like, skip to the (laughs) 21 minute mark, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's like, it's sad because we were really close. Um, But I wish I had been a bit more forthright. But that's because I think there was something to be said about what was going on in the dynamics of our friendship at the time. And I just wish for my own kind of like self-worth, I had said something. But I don't know if that's what, I'm not sure based on her submission, whether it's that. Yeah, looking at it. Let's see. Yeah, like, is it is she making you feel like shit, or is it just kind of like you've outgrown each other? And if it's, she you've outgrown each other, no animosity, nothing explosive happened. Um, she's a great person. They just don't really like vibe or click together, and that's almost even worse. You know, like how sometimes you wish that someone would just like cheat on you at the end of the relationship, rather than like we're both going our different ways, but we hold each other in such high regard. It's like, damn it! Like I just, it would be easier if like people were a villain for friendship and relationship breakups. Um. Huh. You could always you do a big curveball and say I'm actually in love with you and it's too hard to be your friend. I did that once to a girl and she stopped talking to me. So, <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my God. There was this girl I was like in love with once and I was like, I have a crush on you. It's like hard to be your friend. And she was like, well, then we won't be friends. 
Oh, that's sad though. That I makes know. me sad. But I mean, the, I 100% effectiveness, right? Would you rather be right or be effective? So yeah. tell her that you've got a gay crush on her. Take it right back to it. <laughs> yeah, I. This one is this one's tough. I think that like, if I kind of like what you said at the beginning of like invite her out, but maybe places where you don't have to interact with her so intensely. Like maybe if it's like a group a birthday party where there's going to be like 15 of your friends you know hang out with her there and make an effort to chat with her there but it's not like you're if she's asking you to go one-on-one on dinner you don't need to necessarily accept that just make keep making excuses but if there's something explosive maybe I think it's not even worth making a statement like what I wish I would have done with that other friend of mine like I think it's fine to just let it kind of just or just out. ghost and age. if you respond to her like respond in two days and do the whole like oh shit sorry I thought I saw this or just be honestly just be like an annoy just be like a bad texture just some of my friends who text so poorly, I end up not inviting them out to things because I, I feel like I don't know if I can rely on them to respond in 12 hours because I have some friends with, you know, like 700 unread text messages and stuff. So don't be afraid to be a bad texter. Don't be afraid to yeah. be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I actually – that's true. Like when someone is really bad with their text messages, I just – I don't make an effort anymore because I'm like, well, clearly you're just disinterested in hanging out with me, so I'm done even trying. Hopefully she takes the hint. Yeah. We kind and of then, gave, like, advice all over the place. I don't even know what the ending conclusion is. <laughs> try, try, try ghosting this girl for, like, a week and then and then drop another thing because I want to hear an update. So say something back to Christy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please uh, either give me uh, an update via Instagram DM because when I did um, – the advice segment with Liz on my Moscow, Idaho murderers, we got both of the submissions, even though they are anonymous, they reached out to me and they're like, oh my God, thank you. This is, I'm the one who submitted it. So I love an update either through that. Instagram or through the same Google form that you submitted the question to. Um, well, thank you so much, Shannon, for joining me on this. We're like right perfectly at like around 30 minutes. I am so excited to be recording. Maybe you can drop, can we drop a teaser? Oh, yeah. Christy's going to be coming on and she's going to be on my next public episode on Monday. We're talking about celebrity stalkers inspired by – did you watch season four of You yet? No. I have. Maybe I'll watch it ahead of – like I'll, I'll watch a couple episodes tonight ahead of our recording. Yeah. It's not going to blow you away, but it's not – it's, you know, it's a show. It's not – nothing could be as good as like season two basically. Oh, my God. I love season one with Beck. I liked Beck too, but I really liked Love because I Love was like a crazy beautiful woman, and I go, I like that. And her brother, Levin, what's his name? Wait, tennis forty 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 eleven. I knew it had to do with like numbers and tennis. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No idea where that came from. Well, oh, Shannon, Stranger Things, dude. Knows. It's the girl from Stranger yeah. Things. <laughs> I don't even watch Stranger Things, so clearly I know nothing. Um, well, Shannon, tell everyone where they can find you, even though they already know who you are. But At Fluently Forward. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Christy. I love doing stuff like this. I know. I always feel like so – I'm like, wow, you guys really trust me with your quandaries. But they're, it kind of gives you a time to reflect, too, on like, oh, I've been in that situation. Like, I could offer advice. And, dude, I, haven't you been in literally three out of three of the situations, podcast, friend in a bad relationship, and annoying friend you want to kind of distance yourself from? Like, yeah, very typical. Very relatable, very relevant, very applicable to, I'm sure, at least one of these three questions I'm sure these listeners can relate to. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Shannon. I look forward to recording tomorrow, and you guys can hear me on her show uh, when it drops on Sunday. So excited. Yay. Bye.